Hello, vampires and slayers. This is Mixtress Ray, and you're listening to What's This Bitch Talking About? To which the answer to that question is Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Season 2, Episode 12, Bad Eggs. Finally, we are back from a very long break. It's been about a month, maybe even a little over a month since, um, if you if this is your first time tuning in to my podcast, I watch every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer exactly 20 years after its original air date, which means that sometimes we don't get to watch an episode for a while. So they were on Christmas break in 1998 between um, the beginning of December and now. So we haven't gotten to review an episode yet. Um, so this episode is, it's a good one to lead you back into the swing of things, kind of. It's sort of the last episode that is kind of cheesy before the rest of the season, your heart gets ripped out. And I don't think it's a coincidence that this is this episode. Let's see. Is it directed and written by Marty Noxon or just written? written by Marty Noxon. So this is the script that Marty Noxon wrote that led Joss Whedon to making her a permanent writer on the show. And she was the showrunner in season six and seven, I believe. So Joss left the reins to her eventually. She is kind of responsible for all of the really emotional turmoil that you experience while watching Buffy. <laughs> Her and Joss as a team like to rip your heart out. Like so far in the series, I don't think our hearts have been ripped out yet, but they're about to. And I think we have Marty Noxon to blame. We definitely have Marty Noxon to blame for season six of Buffy, which if you've ever seen it before, and also a reminder for any new listeners, this is not a spoiler free podcast. With that said, um, so she's also responsible for all of the angst that we will feel watching season six, which obviously is four years from now at this point. But um, I love Marty Noxon a lot. That said, this is not a great episode. It's basically a B-movie, cheesy... It's... Okay. So I guess it's supposed to be a metaphor for teen pregnancy because they're these... Okay, I'll read you the summary. I'll read you the summary from The Complete Slayer, which is a book that I hate, but I still like to read you guys the summary from it. <laughs> Buffy encounters cowboy vampires Lyle Gorch and his brother Tector. Mr. Whitmore gives eggs to his students for a parenting assignment. When Buffy goes to sleep, a tentacle slithers from her egg and attaches itself to her face. Xander reveals he boiled his egg to prevent it from breaking. When Buffy notices her egg shaking, a purple insect-like creature bursts out and Buffy stabs it with a pair of scissors. At school, Buffy and Xander are knocked unconscious by Cordelia and Willow. Joyce arrives looking for Buffy. Giles places one of the creatures on her back and they join the others in their effort to dig up Mother Bazaar, a pre-prehistoric a pre parasite. While searching for a weapon, a, re a recovered Buffy is faced with Lyle and Tector. They fight and both Tector and Buffy are pulled into the parasite creature. But seconds later, Buffy emerges having killed it. Giles invents a story involving a gas leak to prevent awkward questions. Okay. So, yeah. So, basically, I, I really didn't get the metaphor 
but I read in my favorite Buffy um, episode guide book called Bite Me by Nikki Stafford. I always want to say Strafford. Um, That the metaphor is about teen pregnancy. I should have caught on to that because in the beginning of the episode, you are met with the teen health professor who is talking about the responsibilities of sex. And um, throughout the episode, there are a lot of making out scenes, both between Xander and Cordelia and Buffy and Angel. So this, I should have gotten the metaphor, but I didn't get it. (laughs) So, and so they're given these eggs by their teen health professor, or I guess teacher, it's not a professor, they're not in college, to, and they're supposed to take care of these eggs and like prevent them from breaking as like an experiment with parental responsibility and the consequences of sex, I guess, um, which is kind of um, weird. Okay, I want to read you a little bit from the Bite Me book because she always is so insightful. Like half the time when I don't realize what the metaphor is supposed to be, it is in her descriptions of the episodes. So I wanted to read a little, a couple paragraphs that she wrote, because I think this is some possibly better insights than I'm going to have today. So I'm just going to read you straight from this book. Even a fantastic show like Buffy the Vampire Slayer is going to have a bad episode once in a while. Bad Eggs is not one of my favorites, to say the least. It is a meandering and confused episode that, that attempts to offer up a metaphor for teen pregnancy. The metaphor is unclear, though, and begs a lot of questions. What exactly is that octopus creature supposed to represent? Why is it under the school? How did the health teacher get caught in its spell? If you really stretch, you can work out some idea of what the show is trying to convey. The sex ed teacher gives the students an egg to carry around, and the students must follow a checklist. Feed it, burp it, diaper it. Considering you can't literally do any of those things with an egg, most students do what Buffy does, check off each of the points before going to bed. This exercise in futility is precisely what makes it meaningless. It has no bearing on the reality of having children. Only when Willow and Buffy are under the spell of the egg do the burdens of teen pregnancy kick in. They become slaves to it, are tired and sluggish during the day, infect those around them. Imagine how many teenagers teenagers ask their parents to babysit their children and turn into zombies. To top it off, in many cases, the male takes no responsibility. So... This seems obvious to me now. Like, I've never noticed that before, which makes this episode more enjoyable than I've ever found it. Like, typically whenever I think about, like, my least favorite episodes of Buffy, like, Bad Eggs is going to be at the top of that list just when I'm thinking back to episodes. But watching it again this time, I really don't find it to be that terrible. Like, some of the plot points are really, like, the holy, like, super full of holes. But plot points in Buffy typically are full of holes. Like, Buffy is about the characters and the development of those characters and their emotions and their psychological development and all that shit. That's what Buffy's about. Buffy is not really about the plot. Ever. You really just can't try to pick apart the some of the, like, intricacies of, like, how they solve the you know, monster of the week situation and the details about the monster of the week. Like, it's just, if you're a person that really likes consistencies with that kind of plot, you're not going to get it. You're going to get consistencies with the character development 
Um, definitely, but you're not going to get it with this kind of stuff. So I don't like to spend a whole lot of time picking apart those details. If you want to find holes, plot holes in this episode, you can find a whole bunch. Don't make a drinking game out of it, okay? <laughs> so the episode opens with um, Joyce and Buffy at the mall, which this is possibly the first time we've been at a mall. Has the rocket launcher episode happened yet? No, it hasn't. It's coming up. So we will get to visit this mall again soon in the next few episodes, in fact. But so that was fun. New settings in this episode. Um, Joyce is kind of terrible in this episode. Oh, I was gonna. Sorry, I was about to mention. I took a pee break. So it wiped my brain clean of everything. Um, it is true that like, while so Willow, Buffy, and Xander, all, and Cordelia, all had to take care of this egg as part of this teen health class. They're all in this, this same class together. And um, Xander, his egg, he boils it so that it won't accidentally break. And he actually says at one point the following thing. The whole sex leads to responsibility thing, which I personally don't get. And I, that was the one moment where I went, oh, they're trying to say that, you know, dudes in general personally don't get it because they don't usually have to be responsible for, you know, the consequences of sex. So that was one point where the metaphor almost seeped in for me. I really should have gotten it. I don't know why I didn't, but I was sitting here after watching the episode going, what was this metaphor supposed to be? Uh, what? <laughs> anyway, so, okay, so Joyce and Buffy are at the mall at the very beginning of the episode, and Joyce is terrible. Joyce and Xander both are the worst throughout this entire episode. So Joyce says to Buffy, like, Buffy's, like, trying to convince her to buy her an outfit that she had just seen and Joyce says and I guess she just tried it on tells her that she looked like a street walker in it she tells her daughter she looked like a street walker I was like oh, it was pretty awful anyway so they separate because the mall's about to close and Joyce sends Buffy to go pick up an outfit for her at everyday woman <laughs> so Buffy at least was able to make a jab back at Joyce about her choice in getting an outfit from a place called Everyday Woman. Um, like, you might as well just go to Moo Moo's R Us or something like that. So at least it's tit for tat, kind of, since she just called her own daughter a streetwalker, but I still think that's uncool, Joyce. Um, so they separate, and while Buffy's going up the escalator, she happens to notice that somebody doesn't have a reflection because there's like a mirror next to the escalator. So she realizes it's a vampire and he's with a woman. So she follows him naturally to slay him. And then she meets Joyce in the cafeteria afterwards. She doesn't end up slaying him. This is where you get introduced to these two cowboy vampires, which are actually going to show up again. Like the brother gets killed, Tector, in this episode. But you're going to see Gorch several more times before Buffy kills him. I don't know why. I think Joss was just kind of in love with this character or just the idea of a cowboy vampire, which is something that you don't normally see. So whatever, I guess that's fine. But he's not like a great actor or anything. He could have been cast better. Um, 
anyway, so he just sort of runs off, I guess. So she doesn't get to slay him, but she at least saves the girl because the girl runs off too at one point. So I don't know. Anyway, so she meets Joyce in the food court and Joyce is like, where's my outfit, bitch? And Buffy's like, oh no, I forgot. <laughs> and so the mall's closed at this point so they can't go back to get the outfit and Joyce is just sort of like you know yelling at her because she's not responsible like I just want a little responsibility Buffy like do you honestly ever think about anything other than boys and Buffy says slaying what does she say saving the world from vampires and Joyce is like honestly I don't know what goes through your head so someone in the podcast buffering the vampire slayer mentioned that um this was kind of an interesting like coming out metaphor and this is the first time you really see that in Buffy like we're gonna get that a few more times before at the end of the season Joyce is finally going to find out that Buffy is the vampire slayer whereas at this point she still doesn't know and um so they're gonna use this coming out metaphor with Buffy being a vampire slayer again, but this is the first time we see it. So that's kind of an interesting little moment um, where she just basically, and they mentioned in the podcast that this was something that they did as well because they're, they're gay women. And before they came out to their mom, every once in a while, they would just sort of like blurt out something like this that's very literal and then just laugh it off. And just just doing that to gauge the reaction of their parents, you know, before they actually literally came out to them saying something like that. So they really related to that moment. So that was kind of cool. Um, let's see. I hate kissing noises. I wrote that down in my notes. <laughs> like, it's a lot of kissing noises in this episode between Xander and Cordelia, who are making out in closets all over the school, still in secret, like nobody knows about them yet. And um, then Buffy and Angel making out in cemeteries throughout the episode. And they have a, a conversation about having kids. Like, how did I not get the metaphor when it's all about taking care of kids? So we find out that um, Angel can't have kids ever. <laughs> can't have little vampires. And um, he's he says to Buffy, like, you don't ever think about the future. I mean, obviously, like, you're going to want kids someday. I can't have them. Like... And Buffy just sort of says, I don't, I can't think about the future. When I look into the future, all I see is you. All I want is you. So gag. I'm so glad that, I mean, I'm not glad because it's going to rip out my heart watching Angel go evil in the next, it's going to happen in, at the end of the next episode. So it's getting serious, you guys. So there's a lot of little, I feel like, moments of foreboding in this episode since it's about to happen. There's about to be some serious consequences for sex. Like, seriously. <laughs> um, but this is like the cute B-movie, B-horror movie version of that. And then you're going to see much more emotional ramifications for this particular metaphor <laughs> coming up. But anyway... Um, let's see. Oh, Xander. Okay. Xander is awful in this episode. Like, essentially, he 
he tells Cordelia that he doesn't want to hear her talk um, while they're making out. And But the thing that is always, like, okay about how mean Xander is to Cordelia, usually it's okay because she does not ever seem phased by it and she immediately comes back with something else. Like, she wants the lights to be off because she doesn't want to look at him while they're making out. And he wants her to shut up because he doesn't want to hear her while they're making out. So it's like, you know, they hate each other, but they still love each other. You know, whatever. Anyway, so that part didn't bother me as much. But whenever she said she didn't want to look at him, he, like, stops, turns the light back on. And he's like, his little baby feelings are hurt because she said that whenever he just told her he didn't want to ever hear her speak. So he's an asshole. Later in health class, they're sort of interacting with the teacher, answering the teacher's questions, both Cordelia and Xander, sort of like talking about each other, but not, you know, that kind of thing. And he says the words, what about the fact that you have to put up with their vapid little chit chat just to get some touch? Just to get some touch? Ew, Xander. So I, if you guys don't remember... I have a list of Xander transgressions. Every time Xander is a total asshole, and I had to write down some things for this episode. Okay, so that said, <laughs> let's see. Oh, this isn't just a little moment that I noticed Giles cleans his glasses in this episode. It's not something that happens as much as you remember it happening, but it does happen in this episode. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, Buffy's bedroom, I feel like they were on a different set in this episode. Um, mostly be they probably had to be so that you could get like a full 360 of the... They might have actually been in the real house. Because I know that there is a house that um, the Summers house is based on, a real house. So sometimes they would shoot at the house. They would shoot all the exteriors at the house. And sometimes they'd get to shoot interiors at the house, I think. But most of the time when you see Buffy's bedroom, it's just a set that they've made to look like the house. So in this episode, they must have actually been in the house because there's a scene where you see like a full 360 of Buffy's room because you're seeing it from her perspective while she's trying to hunt down this face hugger like creature so she can kill it after it comes out of her egg and it just looks really weird it's just it's lit completely differently like most of the time it's really dark and mysterious and in this episode it's very overlit and I don't like that like I'm fine with the fact that they got to I mean that's really cool if it really was that they got to shoot in the actual bedroom for once but it it just looked so different than it usually looks and it was overlit, and it just bugged me. So, anyway, that's just a personal gripe. <laughs> um, oh, Joyce has a couple of good mom jokes. The morning after the egg first, like, starts sucking her energy away or whatever. Again, a conversation that should have made me realize what the metaphor of the episode is. Joyce is like, did the kid, did the egg keep you up all night? And you're like, just make a cheesy little mom jokes here and there. And Buffy's like drinking coffee and she's all drained. And there's a cute scene at the library where Willow and Buffy both are like super drained and just like sitting there, like hardly speaking, just wiped out. Um, and Xander is, of course, chipper as usual because he's boiled his young 
as as Willow calls it. <laughs> um, let's see. Buffy wears purple twice in this episode, just something that I noted. Like, you hardly ever get to see Buffy in purple, but she wears it twice. Um, let's see. Joyce and Giles kind of vibe for a second. One of the plot holes, something that you can pick apart if you wish, apparently I wish because I'm about to talk about it, is that it's really odd whenever the whenever everybody's possessed by their egg creatures because, like, for example, Giles and Joyce talk in the library because Joyce has just grounded Buffy because she was fully dressed when she came to see her in her bedroom at 2 o'clock in the morning, so she assumed that she had just snuck back in. So she grounded her, and she told her that she was to go straight to the library after school, and then she would pick her up when she got off work. So she was coming to the library to pick Buffy up, but Buffy wasn't there. So her and Giles have a little conversation about how kids can be such a burden, and they just have like a little moment of vibing. And Giles is acting totally normal, but then at one point he's like, what's that over there? And when Joyce turns around, he puts one of those creatures on her back, which means that he was possessed by his egg creature the entire time. But as soon as he puts the creature on her, she's completely catatonic, and so is he. And then they go to the basement, and they're all, like, with pitchforks, and just, like, everybody's just, like, completely zombified when he was just having a normal conversation before and at one point willow was having a normal conversation with buffy and they went through their normal lives and they still had a personality even though they were bizarre. <laughs> um so yeah whatever inconsistencies it's fine whatever we get a jonathan sighting so if there if you are playing a drinking game where you take a shot every time you get to see jonathan uh take a shot um, I really like when, luckily, like, Xander and Buffy are the only ones not possessed because Buffy killed her egg creature and Xander boiled his egg so it couldn't hurt him. So they are both, you know, the only ones not possessed, so they have to figure out how to slay the gigantic mother bazaar that has all these little offspring. And um, so they go to the library, and Giles is gone because he's been possessed, and he left with Joyce already to the basement. And luckily, Giles left some, like, books open, and he's already found what the creature is. So she reads, like, the description of what the creature does and how it takes over your, um, your nervous system via neural clamping. <laughs> I just like that phrase. Neural clamping. See, that sounds like a perfectly reasonable explanation for being possessed. It's just neural clamping. That's all. Um, let's see. Oh, this is when I had to write down Xander transgression. Like, he's been an ass this entire episode, which I guess is the point. Because if it's all about, you know, responsibilities of sex and teen pregnancy he would be the one that is going to be a total asshat in this episode. He is our, like, symbol of misogyny in this episode. But this is the thing that made me the most upset. At one point, he encounters Cordelia in a hallway, and she, like, she's, she's already possessed, and at one point, she hits him over the head and puts him in a closet with Buffy. Like, um, and... Like, there's just a confrontation between them, and he needs to get by her, but he, and he knocks her out. 
because she hits him and it hurts his poor baby head because it was in the spot where she had hit him before and he just like without even thinking he's like oh that's my bump and he hits her and knocks her out and like you can tell he feels bad about it immediately but he in typical Xander fashion it's never brought up again he doesn't bring it up like presumably she doesn't she doesn't remember that he hit her because she was under neural clamping but he doesn't apologize later and he whines he whines about the fact that she hit him that everybody hit him I guess it was Willow that knocked him out earlier and then Cordelia hit him in that moment and that's when he hit her back but I just you know sometimes Xander really makes me mad and this episode is one of them um okay also Joyce um, so yeah, that's basically the end of my notes at the very end. Once every, everybody sort of passes out when Buffy, okay. So the fight scene at the end is kind of great because Buffy gets like sucked under the basement floor where the gigantic mother bazaar is. And, um, you, you don't see anything. It's a fight scene where you don't see anything. You just hear like some squeals and her hitting things. And then she just crawls out from the floor and she's covered in like you know oils and stuff like the bizarre blood I guess which is kind of a dark purple color and she just looks badass and that's what makes the the cowboy vampire who's there at this point the one that's still alive he just runs off he's like oh okay we're done obviously you just slayed that gigantic scary creature and I couldn't take you so he runs off understandably but um it's just that's a great moment like despite the fact that this is this episode is i don't know it's really not that bad it's really not that bad but despite all the crazy plot holes and the fact that i'm mad at xander and joyce the entire time we do have that little hero moment so i enjoyed that um not sure what else to say about this episode really none of my i usually i have five different books two episode guides and three like Buffy academic books that I consult for research and look in the index to see when they mention the episodes that I'm watching and then read that part of the book none of my books really said anything about this episode so really the best insight I got was from the bite me episode guide um so I don't really have any research to talk to you guys about um it doesn't really further the overall plot of the season that much it's just kind of a you know a one-off ep um of course there's character development and continuity and all that stuff but this is really like i said the last kind of fun episode that we're gonna have in season two because it's gonna get real fucking dark starting next week <clears throat> which by the way so we're going to have a little bit of a change in schedule. Like I try to put this podcast up on the day. I guess we could just get some business stuff out of the way before I give you my ratings for the episode. So the day that I post the episodes of the podcast is going to change because the day that um, Buffy aired is changing starting next week. So what's going to happen is there's a two-parter 
next week. And the way that they decided to do the transition from airing on whatever day to whatever other day, I think they went from Monday nights to Tuesday nights, if I remember correctly. Um, I guess I could actually look that up. Hold, please. Oh, man, I am good. It was um, 20 years ago today when Bad Eggs aired. It was Monday, January 12th. And um, starting next week, the two-parter is going to air on our Friday, their Monday, 2018's Friday, 1998's Monday. And then they're switching to Tuesday nights, which will be our Saturdays. So um, the way that they decided to do it was they have part one of the two-parter is airing um, the next Friday, and then part two is next Saturday. So you're going to get two podcasts for the price of one next week, um, which is going to be pretty intense talking about these two episodes um, just in general. Like things are going to get real intense from now on. So um, yeah, I think that's, I don't know, actually, I don't know if I want to put out two separate podcasts. I might, I think it would make more sense actually to just go ahead and post like one big episode talking about the entire two-parter. Yeah, I think that would be better. Um, so I'll post one episode to talk about the entire two-parter and it will post next Saturday because that will be our, from now on, that will be our day to fit in with this project. So yeah, I guess this is kind of going to be a shorter episode just coming back from the break. Um, just don't have a whole lot to say about this episode. Um, so let's get into my ratings and then we will be done for the night. Now that we're getting into 1998 territory of fashion, I think fashion really peaked around 1995, 96. So the first season that was filmed somewhere around was probably filmed in 95 or 96, but it didn't air till 97. The first season had like so many good outfits, I couldn't even choose between them. Just so good all the time. This episode, everything was pretty, it, it's, it's getting harder already to find like outfit of the episode. But I decided to choose Buffy's second purple outfit of the episode, which was, um, she was wearing like a purple spaghetti top, spaghetti strap tank that was like, sort of a sheer fabric that had like a possibly velvet overlay of like a scrolly viney kind of pattern on it. And then like the piping of the straps um, was red velvet. And then she was, she had that paired with sort of a mauve purple, kind of a dusty mauve purple skirt that was very late 90s. Like I remember having so many skirts like this that were just like, like slimy spandexy material, probably elastic at the waist. And it was like ankle length. And then she had some kind of purple tights on, like she was all purple and um, some chunky boots. So that was her outfit that she was wearing um, when her and Willow were just super drained and they were hanging out in the library. Um, so that's the outfit of the episode. Um, the quote of the episode is this funny moment when, also in the library, um, but it was when 
Xander and Willow were giving Buffy her egg because she had missed class. So they were giving her the assignment. And um, because she was late, basically Willow gave her the egg and said, um, Mr. Whoever his name is wanted me to give you this and then hands her the egg. And she just kind of looks at it confused in her hand. And she says, as far as punishments go, this is fairly abstract. <laughs> because, you know, he thought that she was punishing her for not being in class. And I thought that was a good little quote. And then, of course, they explained to her what the assignment is. Um, the object of affection, I like to pick one object from each episode of Buffy that I could pluck out of the screen and keep for myself. Um, it was hard this episode finding something. I mean, some of the usual items were present that I think I have already chosen, such as the crocheted pillow that Buffy has on her bed. I have already picked that as my object of affection before. Joyce was wearing her great black robe with with like white and gray roses on it but I think I've already picked that um so I just kind of I spend a lot of time just like looking in the background it was cool that we got to see little parts of Buffy's bedroom that we never get to see she had a, an obscene amount of stuffed animals on her bed this episode I don't think she normally has a bunch of stuffed animals on her bed I think this might be the only episode in which that is the case and they probably just did that to emphasize the fact that she is a kid and we're talking about teen pregnancy here and like you know if she were actually pregnant or had just had a baby it would be ironic that she still has a bed full of stuffed animals so I think that's the only reason why they were there and I am going to pay attention next time we see Buffy's bed because I don't think we're going to see them again <laughs> like she has Mr. Gordo the pig like she always has Mr. Gordo but not all these other stuffed animals that's not Buffy's character to have a ton of stuffed animals. Anyway. Anyway. So my object of affection was a leopard pillow. So kind of underwhelming, but I did notice that in the background, Buffy had a leopard pillow on her bed that was just on one side. It was like a throw pillow. On one side was like a soft leopardy fabric. And then on the other side was um, brown satin, which you don't see often enough in the not 90s. Brown satin. Awesome. Anyway, so that's my object of affection. The most valuable player of the episode, as is often the case, is Buffy. Um, mostly because of that very last scene after she slayed the Mother Bazaar. Um, so that leaves us with one rating left. So um, if you'd like to find me on the internet, I have a website. It is mixtressray.com, M-I-X-T-R-E-S-S-R-A-E. And if you have listened to this podcast before 8 p.m. Central Standard Time on Friday, January 12th, you are still in time to listen to my radio show tonight. So if you would like to, um, you just go to my website, mixtressray.com, and there's a little player um, in sort of the top right region, like under the links to my YouTube and Spotify and Instagram and all that stuff. So all my links to everything are basically on my website and right below that on the right, there'll be a little player. So if it is between eight and 11 central standard time today, you can, or any Friday, you can listen to my radio show. So tune in if you would like. Tonight, I'm going to be celebrating the 20-year anniversary of Air's Moon Safari. 
Um, I'm going to play some selections from somebody that I just discovered, Sheila Chandra. And um, also, I'm going to play some Kate Bush and Chelsea Wolfe tonight. And yeah, it's going to be a pretty low-key night. There's not going to be a whole lot of babbling coming from me, but mostly going to be music tonight. But if you can tune in, do so. I do Mixtress Radio every Friday. So, um, my 5x5 ratings for the episode. Pretty underwhelming. Like, the for general enjoyability... Like, I didn't hate this episode. I really didn't. I thought it was fine. Um, I gave it a three. I, I thought it was fine. Not bad. Um, as far as conveyance of the message, um, clarity of message, I gave it a one because until I read that bite me description of the episode, I really didn't get it. And I think that might be more my lack than the episodes lack. I mean, it was confusing to a certain extent, but I still think I should have understood what the metaphor was. So I gave it a one since I didn't get it. So the episode itself, when you multiply those two scores together, gets a three. So not a great episode, but it's not one that I skip usually. Actually, I have skipped it because I remember it as being like the worst episode ever. But it's not. Like, <laughs> it's interesting doing this rewatch project when you really think about episodes, how much more you enjoy them. Like, there's really only been, like, two episodes that I still really didn't like. Um, Teacher's Pet and The Pack from season one. Both of those episodes I really didn't like. But those are the only ones so far that I've been... Uh, Ted, of course, the last episode that we watched a whole month ago is just a triggering episode. It wasn't badly written or badly executed at all, but it's just a triggering episode for me. So that's one that, if you remember, <laughs> I decided to put in the vault so that I never have to watch it again. Um, so there is my analysis of season two's episode, Bad Eggs. I will see you guys next week where we talk about innocence and surprise. I think surprise is first. The two-parter. Um, things are about to go down, you guys. Oh my god. So next week is going to be much more intense. And again, the episode will air, um, will be posted on Saturday because that will be the new day. Okay, that's it, I guess. Bye!